just wanted to share today just some quick thoughts. Today uh, is the day after Theophany. And like the birth of Christ, um, they have the service, even though it, it spills over from the day before, focuses on the main characters uh, that might have been involved in an event that we celebrate. Uh, with the birth of Christ, obviously the next day, very obviously, would be the Virgin Mary, the Theotokos. But also the Sunday after um, the birth of Christ always remembers Joseph, uh, as he's called, the betrothed, the one that was engaged to the Virgin Mary, etc., etc. Um, anyway, um, so today is, is remembering John the Baptist. And John the Baptist plays, a, as we know, a very significant role in the ministry of Jesus. In the life of the church and in terms of the uh, iconographic tradition, uh, the, the classic icon of the, uh, the intercession. And in the icon of the intercession, which we have Christ in the middle enthroned, and on one side of him would be the Virgin Mary, and on the other side would be John the Baptist. And interestingly, back in the day when men were on one side and women were on the other, that's, in some churches that's how you knew which side you were supposed to be on. <laughs> Though in Constantinople, women were in the balconies and men were on the the ground floor of the sanctuary, of the nave of the church. But then what do you do with that then? <laughs> but anyway, I guess you have the Virgin Mary on top and, and John the Baptist kind of below Jesus. I don't know. But anyway, uh, the, the point being is those two figures in the Gospels are highly, highly significant, as we know. But what these kind of feasts point to is the fact of for us as Christians, the whole role that we play is like Mary the Theotokos or like John the Baptist to be in a partnership with God, to work with him, of course, in seeing the mystery revealed in and among us to the world around us, to be witnesses to that reality and so forth. If the Virgin Mary is to call us to... Uh, um, to be reflections of carrying Christ himself in us by the Holy Spirit, as she did like the nine months, etc., that she was pregnant. So in the same way with John the Baptist, to proclaim the reality of God. Now, what does that mean in, in a couple of things? One is, of course, John the Baptist was known for his role as a prophet, and the prophets are not just guys who tell the future. Uh, sadly, that's a very reductionistic approach. But the prophets were the ones who challenged the power brokers at the time and warning them that if they were falling away from partnering with God, doing what God wanted, uh, that there would be consequences because that was supposed to be what was there. But the call to repentance was always one of hope with the prophets. It wasn't like I can't... I mean, there is the story of Jonah where he's upset that God doesn't uh, blow up the Ninevites as he, he told them that would happen. But the Ninevites had re repented, but of course we know uh, Jonah got upset at that. <laughs> so I guess he wanted an atomic bomb show or something like that. But anyway, um, but we're called, we're called, and the church is called to be uh, a witness to the reality of God, but in so doing it also means that by contrast to challenge some of the the, the situations of the world, especially the, 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 the halls of power, whether it be political, financial, military, you name it, 
uh, fill in the blank. And that's something sometimes the church has not always done very well. Christians in general have not done that very well. Um, uh, and not only us who have a tradition where we've been connected to state, you know, there's been a state church kind of thing, but even uh, traditions that claim the you know, separation of church and state. Um, great example was, and I was, when I was part of the Orthodox Mennonite Dialogue, the bishops talking about how during, with Hitler in Germany, very few Mennonites spoke up about Hitler and what he was doing. And uh, as was not untypical, sadly, of the clergy in Germany at the time. And so the, the fact is all of us, no matter what principles we claim we have, can be tempted to, to fall back out of fear or leave us alone and, and all this kind of stuff. And if we read the prophets, there were consequences to being a prophet. John the Baptist is a great example of that. In fact, the contrast, again, between the Virgin Mary and John, the Virgin Mary will die a natural death, quote-unquote, uh, and so forth, whereas John the Baptist will meet a violent end. And a lot of the prophets, as we know, in the Hebrew tradition, met violent ends and so forth. But how to stand for the Lord and have the courage to speak the truth in a world that doesn't want the truth, sometimes in our own congregations where we don't want the truth. <laughs> I think that's the big challenge. And so John the Baptist really being... Uh, you know, on one side of Jesus as the Virgin Mary is on the other side of him, really typifies the, the role of the church and how we partner with God. With, you know, the Virgin Mary is to bear, how we bear God and carry him and, and nurture the life of Christ in us and, and so forth among us. But John the Baptist is also then how do we challenge in a good way the, the, the halls of power. And especially, especially when some of the people in power want to claim to be Christian. And yet they're doing things politically, ethically, whatever, that are totally contrary. Totally contrary. So, anyway, anyway. I, th I think, though, in the light of the baptism of, of Christ, the fact that we're proclaiming this reality that we can stand on, that God has immersed himself into our lives, and he's therefore planted in the world, so to speak, in the flesh. That it's not just... Again, we come and we celebrate it and it's nice and everything else, but we come to celebrate what is now part of us and we, what we are organically part of. And that only includes Jesus, but also those who partner with Jesus. And if, if the church isn't that, then we've, we've missed the boat on what it means to be a Christian. Because as we know, I mean, one of the challenges is we live in a world where religion is something passive. You go, you get some feel-good songs, maybe a nice self-help message, and so forth. But it's not about being in this incredible partnership with Christ that challenges the world. You know, and as I have the quote from Oscar Romero about a gospel that does not challenge or shake up, that's not a gospel then. And in a way, to shake up people in a good way that there's mercy now here, there's healing here, and so forth in a world that says, well, healing is only what I do, you know, or what I say is healing, and so forth. So, we're not obviously going to go out and bless the reservoir, partly because there's probably snow all over the place, and we'd ne 
wouldn't be able to get down towards the the level of the stairs to be able to throw the cross in effectively. But but um, but the idea that God has come to redeem the whole world and that we're part of that partnership, and even on our small little way, in our small little way. So let us thank the Lord for the people that witness this reality. Let us thank the Lord that um, he loves us so much. Let us thank the Lord that in places where there's violence, death, hatred, and so forth, his mercy endures forever. Especially in this season where we've celebrated the appearance of God in the flesh, and yet in the very places Jesus walked, right? It's just is full of blood right now. So may God help us all, all, to be a witness to the reality of, of God, to say, look, we know who Jesus is, and we know what he has come to establish, and we know we are part of that. And we pray for mercy for us to, to accomplish what God wants us to accomplish and to be what God wants us to be. And God will do it, and God is doing it. So thankfully, because of his mercy, we can count on that. And may we learn, finally, never to take that for granted, that incredible mercy that is enduring forever.